Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Booga Red. How about you booga off? <laughs> Come on to the rock. Come on to the people's show. Come on to the premiere show. Smackdown. It's the 15th of November in the year of our Lord, 2001. Nice, he? Afro man, because I got high. Co-wrote that line that Tom just said. <laughs> uh, it's number one for the third week in a row. The Come others. <laughs> second week being number one. Steps, gold, greatest hits has already dethroned Michael Jackson after one week. <sighs> wow. We love steps. Okay, say. Yeah, the steps. Not climbing Michael Jackson's going down them. <laughs> this week sees the British terrestrial TV premiere of the 999 James Bond film The World Is Not Enough on ITV1. I love a terrestrial debut. So good, isn't it? Like 400 years later. <laughs> uh, debut of BBC One's Walking With Beasts, a six-part sequel to Walking With Dinosaurs. It takes place <laughs> after the extinction of the dinosaurs and recreates animals of the Kenzoic... What? We're computer... Whatever. Just dinosaurs. There's, there's one that which they set... Uh, I think it's in the 60s. Uh, it's, a, uh, it's about musicians. It's called Walking in Memphis. <laughs> it's all about Elvis. <laughs> it's going to be a good one, folks! The Greek authorities hold 12 British plane spotters on charges of spying. Probably and also well. Tom Campbell for that last joke he did. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the train. Sp- I, I remember, remember the plane that. spotters one. Yeah, yeah. It was a weird time, and it just seemed. It, I'm still not sure if it was. No, no. We just like taking photos of planes, but people were like, can you not read the room, pal? Yeah. This is not the time to be doing it. <laughs> it was all Greek to them. Uh, hey, and check out this week of game releases. Are you ready? Go on. Uh, Metal Gear Solid Two: Sons of Liberty for PS2. Nice. Halo One, <gasps> Madden NFL 02, and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Three. Wow. All in the space of one week. Bloody hell! What a flipping week. Oh, and also Rogue Two: Rogue Leader, uh, and Return to Castle Wolfenstein. Bloody hell! And IL2: Sturmovic. Which is a World War II combat flight simulator game and the first installment in the Il-2 Sternvik series. <laughs> the release focuses on the air battles of the Eastern Front. Oh, it was named after the Soviet Ilsen II ground attack fighter, which played a prominent role in the theater. And it's the single most produced military aircraft designed to date. Obviously, that was the game all the kids were talking about that All week. the kids were talking about that one. All going, hey, what's your, air- what's your Soviet aircraft look like? He goes, I don't know. I'm too busy watching Emmerdale Farm. Yes. Zach drafts in the help of Marlon Dingle. Oh, they did, a, dra- they did a draft on Emmerdale. <laughs> I don't know. I think the roster's split. I think the roster's too thin to be split, to be honest. 
Kane starts a hunt of his own in a bid to find him ahead of Zack and stop him revealing the reason for his disappearance. Oh, I remember this. Zack unearths Sam first. It's horrified, horrified even, to find out why he fled the family home. But Kane hits back with claims that Sam tried to attack him first and Zack find himself torn between his two sons. Oh, Kane had a secret. Oh, well, Kane can't get along with his brother. Ridiculous bollocks, isn't it? It's bollocks, I tell you. Yeah. In Coronation Street, Emily tells Norris and Rita that she's thinking of investing her money in Spider's Organic Juice Bar. <laughs> Not a lot of juice in Spider's, mate. What's wrong with you? This will lead to a triple threat match on the pay-per-view. Yeah. Molly tells Kevin that he's a control freak. He obviously can't cope with her having a life of her own, and she's moving out to her sister's. Ooh, uh. <laughs> At the end of the hearing, Terry pretends to have stomach cramps. <laughs> the security guard lets him go to the toilet alone where he escapes prison. Oh, that's how... That's, that's the best way you'll get out of prison. I'm going to remember that when they finally find me out for that thing I did. I'm gonna, and they'll go like, oh, you're off to prison. Can I just pop to the loo yeah. first? Just jump out the window. There we go. Yeah. Which toilet do you want? The one with the enormous window. Yes, please. Can I go to the enormous window toilet? I can only pee looking out yeah. on a on a countryside. Yeah, that was the giant poster got there. <laughs> yeah. And a spoon and you know, ten years of waiting juice <laughs> But yeah, all that was happening in the rustic, retro nostalgia filled eyes of normal people's bill. Mm-hmm. What a what a what a what was happening in the ugly pusville world of wrestling. I don't know, but luckily, Tom Campbell and his new haircut does, as we, the boomers who think we're in charge, take you, the audience, to a little journey in time to the Cold Out of Classic Smackdown review. I'm Mafu, this is Tom. How the hell are you doing? Uh, full disclosure, uh, I had a dream with you in last night. <laughs> no, it's, it's, not even, it's not even a sexy dream. I had oh. a dream that I was speaking at your funeral. Not a word of a lie. Oh, no. I dreamt that you died and I was speaking you know at your I funeral. Died, no idea how you deadness. died, but right. I, I had a script written and, <laughs> and I left it at home so I had to knit back and go and get it before <laughs> the funeral started. And uh, it was horrible. Right. For some reason, we, your funeral was being held in a cinema. <laughs> I'm not sure why. There were loads of people. Like, there's a big queue to get in. So to take that, you know, <laughs> take that with you. It was Orange Wednesdays. It was Orange Wednesdays. <laughs> <laughs> Meerkat Mondays, I think you'll find. Yeah. I, and I think it's because, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's a combo, it was a combo of things. I think it was uh, having cheese and crackers before bed. And also, I think the, very late in the evening, I messaged you about oh, today. Yeah, yeah. And just checked. So therefore, I think you were on my mind as I went to sleep. So that was probably... But I think because there's always a reason why you... like there's, there's always a reason why you have certain dreams. It's normally, it's, and it's normally to do with stuff that you thought about during the day. Mm. Even something you only half thought about during the day or during the week. That's where dreams come out. And yeah, after some reason, I was at your funeral. And I'd, and I'd prepped for it, and I hadn't brought the prep with me. Oh, can I, can I make a re- on, a, on a record, if I do if I do die, Jesus, you know, sorry, give my game away. I'm actually a Highlander. Hey, uh, yeah, when yeah. I do die, um, yeah, and you're still alive. Yeah, if you want to do a speech, that'd be great. Oh, I, I, I will whether you want me to or not. I love you, What jokes. will you do about it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're going to stop me, are you? <laughs> Oh. As I told Matthew, that's gotta be Kane. <laughs> All these mourners <laughs> going, oh, I love yeah. this bit. Yeah. I was, so I'm. He's playing games of test in hell. <laughs> so I'm here with. <laughs> so, um, I, uh, one of my final conversations, um, with Math, I remember it was interrupted because the phone rang. Ah, <laughs> oh, no. It was, it was. I already know what it's gonna be. And it was be. Mike Powell from Logistics. <laughs> 
And he said, I've just spoke to Triple H about wanting to work there with a wrestling go. promotion in, in Japan. And Triple H said, no. And I said, all right, I'll get that going. A lot of people in the notes, wow, I can't believe Matthew Dead was able to afford Tom. <laughs> Apart from that morbid woof, dream. Woof, dead, dead. Ah, That'll be my speech. He'll go down. That'll be my speech. Woof, woof, dead, dead. You were going like a candle in the wind, mate. <laughs> Unreliable. You were like a <laughs> Like a candle in the wind, unreliable. Like a fart in a lift. <laughs> Unwelcome. Anyway. Uh, so that's my week. How's your week? Been? Ah, <laughs> well, Tom, I haven't talked about you dying, but the, uh, that's fine. We have just started. <laughs> nah, it's a, as you said, same steak, different gravy. Yeah, same meat, different gravy. That's yeah, how whatever. Felt. You, can t- you can tell what I'm thinking about. They've all felt a bit like that. I think it, I think May's been very disjointed. It was. It's June now, obvs. Um, mm. May was very disjointed because we had three bank holiday weekends out of four. That's right, got it. So like, a... like every week I felt like I was chasing my tail and I couldn't figure out why. I was like, oh yeah, because yeah. we keep having Mondays off. So, <laughs> so like we're cramming so much in that we would normally do in four days instead of five. Yeah. So I'm hoping for June to be a lot more relaxing. So. Well, no more bank. We've got no bank holidays. So yay. It's just a, yay, only two day weekend. Yay, normal, our, normality. I'm a man of a, a man of structure and integrity, like a big bridge. So, <laughs> what we like to do here with this structural integral podcast is to see what was happening in wrestling. Yes, Could we do. Courtesy Dave Meltzer's laborious rambling, <laughs> bloody rambling, thorn, like that. As Matthew has a stroke uh, on the podcast this week. <laughs> Um, which under the desk now it looks like I've got a lot of notes here now I will I will preface it by saying my notes when it comes to your reciting of Smackdown are brief but mighty but there's just a fair bit going on in the rest of it which I'm just gonna plow on through it is a shit week for World Wrestling Federation Entertainment. Oh, no. It is a bad week because this week, WWFE laid off 9% of its front office staff, 39 employees in total, along with the president of the company, Stuart Snyder, in the largest mass layoff since the New Generation era. Uh, this took place just a couple of days before SmackDown. The cuts were across the board uh, with numerous departments merging. For example, the publications department has now merged with the internet department, because and, and, which is headed by Shane McMahon at this point, by the way, okay. um, because they recognise the direction that things are going in, and you don't need a print department and an internet department when really they're all the same thing. So there's a merging of departments, which didn't go down too well. Uh, Snyder Snyder's departure means that Linda will take over more day-to-day business activities of World Wrestling Federation Entertainment. Kate is furious. Uh, your dinner's in the oven again, love. Uh, Peter Nicola is a senior vice president, and he'll take over Snyder's uh, official position as chief operating officer. Now, we haven't spoke much about Snyder. Uh, so Stuart Snyder uh, previously worked for Time Warner, previously worked for USA. He was, as described by Dave Meltzer, the point man when it came to two big deals for the WWF this year. Uh, the first being the sale of WCW, because he negotiated uh, one-to-one with Brad Siegel at Time Warner to make it happen and get that price down to a cool $2.5 million, as, which, as we said at the time, I think had had I been in a position to, I probably would have called some investors and bought WCW myself for that sort of money. Uh, he also was involved in the negotiation with DirecTV. There has been some awful back and forth between WWFE and DirecTV. Yeah. 
in the past few months. Uh, neither so made it onto TV. Yeah, exactly. There's a few times where you, we've kind of said, oh, we'll say farewell to our friends at DirecTV. Mm. We won't see them after this pay-per-view. That's happened at least twice. Uh, and uh, they reached a stalemate that ended up costing WWF uh, between $800,000 and $1.3 million per month, depending on the popularity of that month's pay-per-view offering. So basically, because there was this back and forth, DirecTV weren't promoting the pay-per-views, WWF weren't promoting DirecTV, and it just meant that you didn't have that momentum going into pay Pay-per-views and it did cost money. So he was a big part of both of those deals. Uh, according to an article in the New York Post, Snyder is eligible for as much as $900,000 on the remainder of his contract. He'll also, however, have to pay back a $195,000 loan that McMahon's gave him at 7% interest to buy a new home in Stamford, Connecticut. The McMahon's giving out loans now? So when he got off of the gig, he said, look, I haven't got the money to buy a house in Stamford. They basically gave oh. him the money to buy a house. Uh, and, and so, like, pay it back over time when we pay you. But now he's 7%. leaving. So, yeah, I know, right? So, basically, if he gets 900K, at least nearly 200K of that will go yeah. back to Vince and Linda uh, to, to pay off the loan that they had for him. Um, now, these cuts, according to Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer, indicate a very disappointing quarterly report on the horizon, uh, which would cover for the months August through October. Uh, and this is the case. So we'll, we'll dip more into it probably next week, but I'll mention very briefly that Linda describes a softening of the market in next week's call, uh, which is, putting it bluntly, uh, or put it very lightly, rather, uh, the house show business is down, TV ratings are down, merch sales are down, pay-per-view buys are down, hence why we're having these cuts. Uh, now, they, they, they put a lot of blame on the terrorist attack of September the 11th, on why like live events are down, single people are a bit nervous to come out now, I don't know. Uh, but having said that, in the same week that WWF barely, barely filled out Madison Square Garden, Neil Diamond sold it out twice with ease. So there's obviously, you can't put all the blame on, on fear amongst yep. fans of wanting to go out and spend money again. So it's... There's, it's really, what it really comes down to is just a malaise in wrestling. This isn't a boom period anymore. This is very much a, a flat period. Uh, World Wrestling Federation are keen to save money. They're going to need it next year, not only because business is down, uh, but legal wars and a name change is coming. Now, yep. back in 2000, I believe we mentioned this, the, World, the Worldwide Fund for Nature began legal proceedings over use of the name WWF. Now, they've had those initials in place since 1980, and it was only when they started expanding outward, to, expanding, expanding internationally, that the Worldwide Fund for Nature stepped in and went, hang on, no, <laughs> let's not, that's ours. An agreement was made in 1994 that allowed them to continue to use it, but to be very mindful to not use the initials too much. Vince McMahon happy to sign it because at the time in 1994 he was being sued out of the arse during the steroid trial so he went yeah whatever we won't use it very often thanks and just proceeded to ignore it and use it all the time and when it was it, the, the, the final straw was when they registered WWF.com that they went right you've, you've taken the piss here so there's been legal wranglings for the last year and it came to a head just as we're reaching the zenith of the invasion storyline uh, the hammers come down in court and the worldwide fund for nature have won the legal battle for the, for the initials WWF it's not the end of the road just yet because an appeal is being started that will be heard in the UK Court of Appeal early next year so we will loop back to this yeah. 
I remember the story being that they got upset, the Panda people, that when they uh, they like landed, and it's like, we do have going to be here. And they landed on a plane someplace, and there was a crowd of people there, and they got off and be like, oh, we thought it was the wrestling people. Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> bastard. Right. That's a story that went around for a while. And, and again, Vincent Mann and DeWiff completely banked the rights. Like, mm. yeah, we agreed to do this, and then just didn't do it. It's like, <laughs> yeah, what are you appealing on? <laughs> Oop, sorry, ooh, ooh. It's like, no, you, you've. <laughs> Completely and utterly wrong in this case, in, with a proper, a proper non-wrestling company. Yeah, they were fucked. I've I've had some fun doing that. Behind the curtain, I'm working on a video about it. I've had so much fun reading into this and and how well the Worldwide Fund for Nature argued there was confusion in the marketplace. To which they went, "No, you're you're a, cons- you're a conservation group. We're wrestlers. Of course there isn't." And it was, I believe, it was in Denmark. I got my notes in front of you. I think it was in Denmark where they where two magazines were launched called WWF Magazine. Like exactly ah. the same name, and that's where they went. Ah, got you. Some poor granny looking yeah. to read about Arctic foxes ends up with big pictures of Photoshop Ric Flair next to a horse and Elizabeth. <laughs> I don't understand. So this, so it's a, it's an incredible story that will change the shape of wrestling for a long time, and and even like today is still prevalent. It was just before Backlash that WWE had to get the old digitizer out because Bad Bunny wore a WWF Attitude mm. racing jacket. And even now they're like, we can't do that. Fuck you, no. Yeah. Uh, so that's all going on. It's, it's not a good time for WWF right now. Uh, I'll pull them. I know. Stand up. <laughs> Stand up for us. Nor is it a good time for one of their talent, that being Eddie Guerrero. The Wrestling Observer this week reporting uh, that Eddie Guerrero was arrested for a DUI and property damage after being in an automobile accident uh, just, I think it was the Monday it was on Monday night in Lando Lakes in Florida. The story goes that he was drinking at a bar nearby and Eddie's had some big issues with uh, substance abuse and alcohol abuse at this point. Uh, he's estranged from Vicky Guerrero and his kids at this point as well. He was drinking at a local bar. Uh, his friends tried to, uh, were going to drive him home, but he ended up like locking himself in his own car and driving off. And instead of putting in the code to open the gates, he just rams into the gates of his own home and police were called. He was arrested. Uh, Eddie Guerrero got out, was, was, was released on bail two days later uh, by John Laurinaitis, who called from the WWF. Uh, Eddie Guerrero then flew to Cincinnati uh, after his arrest, where he did a Heartland Wrestling television taping, because at this point, he's getting back on the road. He's actually he did this. Then he went and did HWA. Oh. Yeah, because because he was like he carry he, he was told carry on as normal because Vince hasn't made a decision yet on what's going to oh, happen. Okay. Oh, I don't know. So he was back on the road at this point. He was doing stuff with HWA, and he was he was getting back to a point where they want they were going to bring him back after the invasion. But he did this one HWA taping, and then later that day, Vince McMahon said, "Yeah, I think we're done here," and he was released from his contracts. So Eddie Guerrero released from his uh, from his WWE deal. Uh, and we won't see him until... Well, he, we'll see him again, yeah. but he's, he's off the books for now. Uh, uh, Guerrero, age 34, is said to be... said by friends to have been really despondent of late at home, while at home because of his wife, while he was in rehab, was separated from him and moved herself and their children to Arizona. Guerrero is admitted publicly being a manic depressive, garnered a reputation for being hooked on pain pills, Vicodin in particular, stemming from returning too quickly while in WCW after being in an automobile accident there. Mm. So Guerrero's done with the WWF for now, uh, and we'll see him again. But for now, he's mm. off to go and get better. Okay, slightly brighter news. Do you want some Hulk Hogan bollocks? Absolutely. Yay, okay. So Hulk Hogan was, uh, was all set to join the XWF. 
Did we, we talked about this, didn't mm -hmm. we? Here's a tidbit I didn't know until I was researching for this week's episode. It wasn't originally going to be called the XWF. When Jimmy Hart and Brian Nobbs brought Hulk Hogan in, they were going to brand it Hulk Hogan's XWF. And it was going to have red and white rope, red and yellow ropes, and Hulk Hogan was going to be the president of the company. This put the shit up, Hogan. <laughs> because Hogan said, well, hang on. Doesn't, you know, as, a, as the... As the kayfabe owner of the company does that not make me somewhat liable in the eyes of many mm. that if something bad happens it's it's on my head um that's a good point yeah he's and this was a reason why he ended up stepping away he said whilst obviously he would get a major cut of merchandise sold under that banner with a show built around him uh, his lawyers told him that any potential litigation if the company didn't have real have enough insurance or if the thing fell apart could also be directed at him personally and he'd expressed concern that in a company with his name so prominent that if there was litigation, he would be dragged into it. He asked for indemnity, uh, which supposedly was agreed to, but then he wanted his attorney's fees paid as well. And they went, mate, come on. Uh, it could also be that Hulk Hogan sensed the group wasn't going to succeed and didn't want to be the most prominent part of a failure at this stage that's in his career. Thing, yes. And I think that's the big thing. He obviously got cold feet about it because he didn't sense it. Was... Because at this point, XWF have taped 10 episodes and they haven't got a TV deal, but the plan being is they're going to Take these, they've taken these 10 episodes and they're going to market them to businesses and hopefully somebody will bite. Um, the Observer says the story from those close to Hogan is that his appearance at the tapings this week to appear on the red carpet and wish the promotion good luck was actually a one-time thing being done to avoid embarrassment for several of his friends, in particular Nobbs and Jimmy Hart, who are running the company. So he did pop his head around the door. They, they just kept it as the XWF, not Hulk Hogan's XWF. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and he won't be involved in it. And also, he's edging his bets that he might end up back in Titan yeah. Towers. He did have one match, though, with Kurt Henning. I know that, so... I believe it was the main event of the first show. Right, right. And then he just... He, he right, that's it. Job there. done. Mr. Perfect is exactly what he says he is. Absolutely awesome. What? No, perfect, surely. That's from the little video package they mm. played before him. Bless him. Uh, Mick Foley is done. Yay! Uh, well, he's, he's got one foot out the door at this point. Uh, there was a lot of talk within uh, the wrestling industry this week about Mick Foley's promo on Raw this past Monday. Oh, so, okay, I'm unfamiliar with this. So Foley cuts a promo on Raw where he's very, almost too honest, talks about how currently the WWF product sucks. He says, he's on, <laughs> he says, like, whatever happens, nobody wins because if the Alliance win, I'm out of a job. If the WWF win, I have to work with Vince McMahon again, and I don't want to. <laughs> so it was a really yeah. strange promo that kind of killed the crowd who were actually quite happy to see him. Uh, Foley was not at SmackDown in Albany, as we know. The dressing room word was that most of the promo was him shooting, when in fact it was a promo that had been carefully worded by himself and Vince McMahon, who Mick Foley has basically said he's not really massively happy. Uh, just the other day... Before that episode of Raw, he was on the Jim Valley radio show in Portland, Oregon. And uh, he was, again, very honest. We've been losing viewers because they don't have faith in us to tell a good story anymore. Uh, he said he doesn't hate what the WWF's currently doing, but pointed out people like Tommy Dreamer, Just Incredible, Raven and Jerry Lynn are proven main event guys who deserve more of an opportunity. He also said that Diamond Dallas Page has not got a fair shake in the WWF. For some reason, guys who can wrestle, who I know can wrestle, are being told that they can't. One of two bad matches doesn't mean that somebody no longer has 
has it. And I love this. He also thinks that Hulk Hogan would be a short-term asset to the WWF, specifically said that when Vince and Linda were fighting, he thought Hogan would have made a great character to come in as Linda's new boyfriend. (laughs) Linda, what are you doing with him? Oh, Linda, you, you've brought a new, you've brought a new leather bag. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> <sighs> so that's some fun. Uh-huh. Do you remember hearing that? <laughs> no. Vin, uh, Mick Foley suggesting Hogan come in as Linda's love interest. That's awesome. It's great, isn't it? <laughs> I love that. Uh, we're going to give you one more little bit. I love you, Hulk. I love Hulk too. <laughs> I love you, Hulk. I love you, brother. <laughs> There's uh, one other very explosive thing that's happened this week. Oh, God, what now? Um, not that Glasgow Tower again, is it? Oh, sadly not the Glasgow Tower. Uh, it is the release of the book Under the Mat. Diana Hart's book came out this week. Did it, though? Well, well Dave Meltzer got was an advanced a, copy of it. It didn't release. It escaped. <laughs> it escaped. I've read it, go on. Dave's thoughts. As expected, nobody really escapes unscathed in the family, with the exception of Owen, brothers Dean and probably Ross, sister Ellie, portrayed as the innocent victim of a bad marriage to Jim Neidhart. Uh, but for yes, those... that's no one then, just like four or five people there yeah. and drop Eldon Meltz. But for those expecting a rant on Brett and the details of the family feud after Owen's death, you get no depth to this discussion. Brett overall doesn't come across very well, portrayed as someone vindictive against Vince McMahon, ooh-woo, while glossing over the actual story and the reason reasons why uh also glosses over survivor series the death of owen hart gets a lot of dates and times wrong of all of it um she never even discusses the details of why the suit between the wwf and the hearts was settled but gets upset because her parents only got two million and martha got 16 million yeah the wife of the the man who was killed got more money than than she did and she's livid about that. And a lot of the book is, is her really ragging on Martha because Martha distanced herself from the Hart family after Owen died. Like, good! <laughs> Jesus! Like, I'm sorry that she's not coming around for tea anymore. Mm. It's a weird... When you think on that, it's such a weird energy to have. Oh, she didn't want to talk to us afterwards. I said, well, like, if me and Alex broke up, I wouldn't expect to still hang out with John and Bev. Like you just wouldn't, and I wouldn't, and it'd be weird if they were if they were upset that I didn't. Yeah, it's one of them, isn't it? This book has old heart smell. It really fucking does. Yeah, the hearts are all like that. Uh, it's amazing, I love them. The criticism by the end of the book pale in comparison to the portrayals of Jim Neidhart, Davy Boy Smith, yeah. his new girlfriend Andrea Hart, and his and his brother the Dynamite Kid, or his, his family is relative. Brother. Sorry, relative the yeah. Dynamite. That's my own fault. Sorry. Um, Although there is one funny story about Bruce, who was the first to spot Dynamite Kid while touring England and thinking he found a phenomenon in the ring and wanted to bring him in as Tommy Hart, his first cousin, as his tag partner. Oh, it'd be the Lance Von Erich of the Hearts, oh, yes. There is, a, there is a parallel dimension, an alternative universe where Dynamite Kid was Tommy Hart. Hey up, I'm from Canada. <laughs> there is actually quite a lot of detail regarding drug use and accusations that are somewhat scary, making this book a legal mind. Oh, yeah, that, that was it, yes. It's, mm. it's, look, if you love your dirt, holy shit, but, you know, it's, it's bad dirt. The stories never end, from Diana marrying yeah. Davy, even though he apparently got a ring rat pregnant while they were planning the wedding, <laughs> to, to Dynamite breaking the leg of a... Out, Tom. Le- learn from history. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dynamite breaking the leg of a woman uh. 
who could never walk the same again because her husband was looking for a big settlement in a car accident insurance claim and she wasn't legitimately hurt bad enough. Why would you rain down on my kid to help you with that? Hey, and down tell my me. Kid, tell my kid who was asked about that story and he said, yeah, it was true. He broke the woman's leg. But they, they said they, they, had the, they had the car accident. Yeah. They went, oh, I need medical. And they did check and go, she's fine. <laughs> it was when, wait, wait, hang on, let me go see my, my mate down my kid. Clang, clang, check us now. Oh, yeah, you're fucked. Oh, my God. That's the last illegal minefield. Uh, the book is mainly a collection of strange stories about her family and her life. The description of her own life is quite sad, battling depression and marriage problems and almost delusional about missing her chance to be a WWF superstar. She seems what? bitter about that and believed her family blew her big chance for her. <laughs> Her big angle was when she was supposed to come on to Shawn Michaels yeah, to set up a few with her husband in 1996. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She categorized it as being sabotaged by her husband, her brother Brett, her father, and her father, which is accurate <laughs> that they all greatly disapproved of where they thought it was going, which ended up with it being dropped. Now, Jack Atkins and yeah, I... Yeah, I should say, we're missing a lot of stuff out there. Go well, on. yeah, because Jack Atkins and I, from the classic Raw review, watched this angle that was, according to Diana, set to make her a big star <laughs> she was fucking awful she was horrible she was fucking dreadful <laughs> but apparently she was sab no uh, i was great but my brothers told vince not to uh, have me do it there we go. it was it, awful it? awful the most interesting part of the book revolves around her ex-husband and some of his friends an incredible detail into his drug problems which appeared consistent with the truth, considering his rehab and later arrests for making violent threats against her and other family members. But in the end, you just don't know what to make of so much of it. Now, the book comes out the same week as The Funeral of Helen Hart, so the timing is exquisite on this one. Uh, the day before the funeral of Sorry, because you'd be there to talk at a funeral. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a lot of funerals conversations today. Uh, two days before the funeral of Helen Hart, Diana was on the Dave Rutherford show on Calgary radio station QR77. Diana came across as much better on this show than her national TV appearances, but was clearly bitter towards Brett, talking about herself like she was the tortoise who beat the hare because she got the book out before Brett did. <laughs> she said Brett considered her and Ellie as losers. And <laughs> That's true. Two unnecessary daughters. Unnecessary daughters. Unnecessary oh daughters. God. And would make snide comments about the millionaire in the family not approving of things. She said that when she came back to Toronto last week she rushed to the hospital to find out her mother would die in 24 hours and when she got there Brett and Keith started yelling at her about the book and claimed that they were going to have her committed she followed this <laughs> up by saying there's talk of a movie where I will be played by Pamela Anderson <laughs> <laughs> yeah she can't act either then right just as Diana was leaving the host took phone calls. Oh, no. We've got Brett from Calgary <laughs> on line one. Fuck, Brett Hart rang in. Oh, my God. Right. Seething mad. Oh. He called the book a gross distortion of a family that worked so hard for so long to be respected. He claimed his father was dealt with dishonestly by Vince McMahon, to which Diana responded, why did you work for him then? <laughs> he claimed no mother would approve of a book about her family like this and claimed his mother would have keeled over if she'd read the finished product. <laughs> right. Earlier in the interview... The timing, bro. Jesus. Earlier in the interview... <laughs> <laughs> Earlier in the interview, Diana talked about her dad having a pet alligator that lived in the house. To which Brett said, 
talked about the alligator in the house. The only alligator that lived there was Diana. <laughs> <laughs> That's up there with, if it wasn't for me, Davy Boy would be still in the Wigan mines. <laughs> the only alligator is you, you fucking alligator. Yeah, you're the tedious alligator. <laughs> Diana then thanked him for helping sell more copies of the book uh, and Brett hung up. <laughs> oh my God. Absolutely astounding. It sounds, what like, a family. It sounds like Tyson Holyfield. Oh my <laughs> god. What a, what a rock and sock of affair we have for you tonight. Christ on a bike. Oh god, even even on I, I, I wish there was audio of that, but you can just shut your eyes and you can just visualize it going on and like I could just see Brett Hart and his Zubers on the phone going, You talked about the alligator, you're an alligator. <laughs> Well, it's I, such a stupid insult. I I, I was um, I was aware of someone met talking about me on the radio. I just knew. I didn't walk past someone listening on the radio. I just I went, nee, 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 nee. I went oh, someone's talking about me. And I knew the phone number instinctively. Diana said, I resemble that remark, but he called an alligator, to which she stormed out of the studio, her scales wiping against the wall and her tail being caught in the door. <laughs> Let's go there. Stu Hart was screwed by Vincent Mann. He was supposed to buy a Stampede Wrestling Organization, and he didn't. He's like, yeah, I hate him. He goes, why do you work from them? You're an alligator. <laughs> <laughs> was it really an alligator there? I don't remember that coming up in the book. That's a, party it's a very he... casual thing to just drop there. Like, I oh, remember that alligator? <laughs> Middle of Canada. Do you remember that alligator we had? He was lovely. He was green. He had scales on his name. Was Ch- his name was Chippy. And he'd come round at, he'd come round at 9 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 4 o'clock, and 7 o'clock for dinner. Then the Montreal screw job happened. And then I saw Chippy. <laughs> Can we talk about that other bit? No, I want to talk about Chippy, the crocodile. Sorry, support. my phone's going off. <laughs> oh, i got to go. i got to go. For the Brett alarm. He's back my other arm. <laughs> Brett was so angry, he didn't once get a chance to have a go at Goldberg. <laughs> he was that cross. Uh, that's all my news. Um, it's, 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 it's a hell of a week. It was a, cro- a crosser deal. I was sat laughing to myself, oh, the alligator line. And you know I, know, I, know, I know the Hart family are very lauded. And, and there's oh, they're great, though. Ma- mad respect because they're a you know, big part of wrestling history. And I don't want you to think I'm taking the piss, but come on. He called his sister an alligator. No, I, uh, <laughs> it's the same guy who went, if it wasn't for me, David Boy Smith would still be down the Wigan mines. They're the maddest cunts. <laughs> they are. <laughs> I love them. The maddest cunts. Better than Emmerdale, but only just. <laughs> So I have, it's the debut now of the very special edition of this Scott Lawler Classic Smackdown episode oh. because I have the satellite feed for this episode. Oh, I've made lots of little notes really? courtesy of Richard Land. Thank you, Richard Land. Wow. I know you've seen these episodes. So uh, I'm intrigued to see what's different because I watched the network version. Oh, good. Well, I also watched, I watched them and compared them. Oh, okay. And they're both open on my full screen like a Nintendo DS. So in the satellite feed, we get Sunday Night Heat stuff. We get Lita versus Jazz making a debut kind of um, Rico Constantino and Stephen Richards coming together teaming up to uh, Chronic's theme for some reason don't know why that is I oh yeah wait because it's Stephen Richards it's, right. yeah, I've Stephen Richards have that adopted right, Chronic's right. theme uh, versus uh, Randy Orton and Ron H2O Waterman yeah. with H2O getting the win with the Gorilla Press Slam into a four forward slam on Stephen those were dark matches uh, followed by Michael Hayes coming out for commentary and his walkout music is My Way by Limp Biscuit. 
What? <laughs> okay, mate, whatever you say. <laughs> then Raven, just incredible, Lance Storm, team up against uh, Little Spike Dudley, Scotty Hotty, and Babyface Albert. Yeah, they're getting ready. The, the horrible Hottie Albert team, primed. <laughs> Crowd liked Hottie. Uh, they win, and then Albert does an impressive worm. Good for him. He does. Uh, Billy Kidman wrestles clean shaven Perry Sutton. Oh. I don't think he made it to TV look like this. But I hate it. Horrible bloody <laughs> Thanks, I hate yeah. it. Uh, Sean Stage, Jack and Tommy Dreamer then wrestled the APA, which means this was the main event of Sunday Night Meat. <laughs> we switch over to the stuff uh, for SmackDown with Lillian Garcia singing the national anthem because USA. America. As was the style at the time. Tony Chimmel gets in the ring while the ropes are being changed and hypes up the fact you can buy cane masks from the merch stand. <laughs> Do you reckon beforehand, like Tony's about to go out and he goes, and Kane goes, tell him about yeah, the yeah. masks. <laughs> tell him about the masks. I've got three left. Tell them to get the Diana Heart special. <laughs> we Fat Taz makes his entrance and Aww. Jim Ross gives a nice speech to the crowd about how great they are, about how great it is to be American. And uh, well, yeah, see you soon. <laughs> you are brave that's his thing now he does that I think, I think he did that at the UK pay-per-view ah. to which everyone yeah great yeah thanks yeah we know we're great shut up it's not the, it's not the, it's not the done what's thing what's a boomer UK. sooner you know <laughs> that's that's when you get sorry at the comic a week early ah. <laughs> like and subscribe uh, no cool intro we jump right into the Pepsi arena splash in Albany Albany Albany. Albany. Albany, New York. Albany. I, wow, that's really bad. I had no idea how to fucking pronounce that. Albany. Albania, New York. <laughs> Albania. Albania. It's a We're bit, live from it's Albania. It's a bit like Albania. Albania. <laughs> We're 72 hours away from Survivor Series 2001. Tonight, Kurt Angle and Steve Austin take on The Rock and Stone Cold. That is a mighty fine main event. Earlier in the day, it was going to be Rock and Jericho versus Booker T and Rob Van Dam, but Vince made a last minute change to give us a big, beefy pre-Survivor Series main event. Probably needed. Yeah. yeah. But here's RVD, the hardcore champion, to wrestle Kane. He wasn't here last week. Uh, Kane cost Angle the United States title to edge on Raw because he's a sore loser, apparently. <laughs> hey, Kane, Kurt Angle beat you fair and square last week. Uh, clean Kane can't. <laughs> clean Kane, don't be a bitch. That's your brother's job. <laughs> it's not clean a hardcore. Kane. Clean Kane. Wah, wah. It's not a hardcore match as the title's not on the line. So Kane tries to press slam RVD like the late great H2O Waterman. <laughs> but RVD lands on his feet and does a backflip right into a clothesline from Kane. Luckily, Kane hasn't hurt himself doing the move as RVD is so full of weed, I imagine that was like punching smoke. <laughs> Do you notice that, um, do you notice that Taz and Michael Cole are quite chill tonight? There's not as much anger between the two. I, I noticed it quite early uh, on. Taz, I think maybe he's told to cool it down slightly. Or... Well, because it was on because on Raw, Taz, because after what happened last week on SmackDown, Raw on Raw, Taz challenged Austin to a non-title match. Oh, oh, I've got. And said, look, the like, like whatever happens, you know, I'm mm. gonna while I still can, I want to get a piece of piece. Steve Austin don't want it for the title. I just want to beat him up. Got nothing to lose. So Austin comes out in his in his in his jeans and shirt which shows how seriously he's taking a match against Taz Taz gets some strikes in he briefly slaps the Taz mission on Austin oh. then Austin hits him with a low blow and a stunner and beats him within a oh, minute a normal blow as yeah. they call it for Taz so Taz is still a member of the alliance but because of the last couple of weeks he's a little less rah-rah yeah, and a okay. bit more nervous going into Sunday which I quite like the energy of here yeah. Ooh. Mm -hmm. RVD works over Kane methodically as Cole and Taz remind us that the company that doesn't win is going out of business and the employees will be out of work so the alliance is losing. 
<laughs> RVD hears this and is motivated to sail off the top rope with a rolling senton, following with a rolling thunder for two. Apparently, RVD helped Booker T beat The Undertaker on Raw. Booker actually beat Undertaker one-on-one. I did not know that. Mm. It actually happened one time. RVD kicks Kane to crotch him on the top rope, and we get our first edit, according to Satellite Feed Mafu, as RVD missed him for the first time, so he, he repeated it again, and then included just the one that collided. Oh, that makes sense, doesn't it? I love this Satellite Feed yeah. edition. That's the, that's the noise of a satellite, I guess. <laughs> it's always a telegram. Up, I was going to say, yeah, wait, what does a satellite make? <laughs> oh, you know, only noise. That's great. I'm not doing that. <laughs> You just told Brett Alligator to fuck off, by the way. I hope you know that. <laughs> Avidy sets up the five-star, but Kane simply sits up. Oh, that's a nice way of countering that. Mm. Kane superplexes RVD, which looks nice. And then Booker T distracts Booker. What? Booker T distracts Booker. <laughs> I was good typing, Matthew. Simon's really watching <laughs> two screens at once. Himself. Booker T comes out and goes, who the fuck is that? Oh, it's me. <laughs> Booker T distracts Kane to set up RVD's top rope kick. No name with no chair, I guess, to get the RVD win. Undertaker shows up wearing the biggest tarp you've ever seen, <laughs> gingerly heading out to save his brother as Booker runs through the crowd and he runs out the building like it was on fire, but Undertaker is jogging like he'd heard the postman knock on the door. <laughs> Decent, not much else to say apart from Undertaker's festival length. <laughs> he, this is, yeah, this is a, a, it was a tarpaulin rather than a leather jacket. I thought it was a fine opener. I thought uh, Kane and Van Damme had some nice chemistry. They make a good tag team. Wow. Hold that thought for now. Hold that thought. Come back in three years. Cole and Taz can be heard being asked, and this is during the satellite feedback, asked by Kevin Dunn to do a correction to something Taz said during the last match, but Cole points out that Taz was right, and that's the end of that. Yeah, wow. get him, Cole. Shut up, Dunn. I like to think Taz said it wrong, but Cole's just got his mates back and he hates Dunn. I love that. Did, did you hear what it was that they wanted him to redo? It was something like Taz going, hey, uh, you want me to say that thing during the thing? It wasn't quite clear what it was. Right, exactly. fair enough. Because then T- Cole said, no, he, he said it right. So I was like, try to listen for a correction that didn't happen. Nice. I like to think Taz said it wrong, but Cole's just a cool dude. Cole can't... <laughs> Cole can't sneeze. <laughs> Twice. Matthew tried to get that out without sneezing. That first sneeze was from the satellite <laughs> feed. That second feed was from the network. Yeah, there was actually four there, but we had the... the, the, the guy Do four, because then it's... Then it's I will. Don't worry. You've, we've, had a, we've had a Rick. We've had an arm. We've had a. We've had a Benoit. Let's have a. Let's have a Mongo. Oh, bastard! <laughs> I kicked out of two. Two seconds. We're just waiting for Matthew to. Michael sneaks. Cole can't give. Mike, oh, Michael Cole can't give. Done the lines for this next bit where they're doing an Iron Chef USA promo because he doesn't have the copy, but Taz does. So they practice the bit before they come back on TV. Oh, oh they're such good friends. I love this. They're sharing their notes, and he's just tenderly holding them as they <laughs> read about the new hot event in Vegas. Have you heard about it? Michael Cole says, What? The boxing? No, Cole. It's Iron Chef USA with William Shatner. <laughs> oh. But Jesus, what did UPN have after SmackDown? Was it just Voyager, which is no longer on the air? And I had a look. A quick Google reveals. Enterprise started last month. Oh boy, that'll help. As well as the last two miserable seasons of Buffy. So yes, this is all they've got. It's SmackDown and Michael Shatner. 
William Shatner. It sucks when you're trying to this need. Michael Shatner, Bible. I believe. I said was Michael Dunn. Diana I said Michael Shatner. Fuck this. Say something. Uh, okay, so you do that. So Iron, so Iron Chef Showdown Michael in Las Shatner. Vegas. Iron Chef USA Showdown in Las Vegas. So this is based on the Japanese show Iron Chef, uh, which is like a cookery show, which has this this guy sat in a big throne, and he is. Um, he's getting people to cook stuff for him. It's a very over-the-top program. It really doesn't translate. It really doesn't translate well uh, the way that UPN have done it. And in fact, uh, some strong words uh, have been had based on Iron Chef USA Showdown in Las Vegas uh, on the Lifestyle Magazine website sfgate.com. Who said the following about? Iron Chef USA showdown in Las Vegas. If the Japanese government can break tradition and be compelled to send military help to the United Forces in Afghanistan, surely someone can pressure its cultural ministry to give us an unedited broadcast of the original Iron Chef. These are bleak times. Iron Chef USA showdown in Las Vegas is the first of two specials on UPN. If they are successful, perhaps they'll become a series. You have to at least have some working knowledge of Iron Chef to even understand that Shatner is pushing his self-caricature to the far edge as some kind of appreciation for Kaga to Keshi, the original Japanese chairman. He is a very brief prime. Here's a very brief primer of the original concept. An eccentric chairman lives in a castle with a cooking stadium, and he has four iron chefs who will do battle with the, any chef on the planet. When said, said chef arrives, he chooses an iron chef to start a cook-off. A paddle of four celebra- celebrity judges taste the meals and pick a winner. It's very, very hard to beat an iron chef. In Iron Chef USA, Shatner is so far over the top, he has left the stratosphere. Turn up the heat, he yells. Totally rad, he says later. We like him ridiculous, but this is, well, ridiculous squared. Dressed in a glittering purple coat and frilly vest, Shatner takes his self-parody on a painful walk down the halls, knocks on the door of pathetic sadness, and when the door opens, there's a paycheck. All that pedigree wasted amid cheapness, tackiness, and apparent lack of interest in anything culinary from the Iron Chef USA stars, and, well, the wrong target audience on the wrong channel. Skip the show, go out to dinner. So Bret Hart wasn't a fan. Bret Hart, and, and, and you're a fucking alligator if you watch it. Oh, I, I love that. It lost me at the start when it brought up Japan's involvement in Afghanistan. And I, was like, I know. Then it brought me back like, oh, okay. Right. Uh, that's, uh, that's, again, from sfgate.com that review came from. Thank you for finding that. Thank you for doing that. I wondered, did I even have to wonder? Oh, I wonder if Tom knows anything about that. Oh, he'll do his research. Of course you do. Of course Because you're the best. So yes, that was um, UPN who were on the ropes. <laughs> uh, and then what could possibly follow that? Oh, mate. What could, there's, there's been a mate. few running jokes I've had on the show. Uh, boss man's chocolate dogs. Oh, milky, milky star. Okay, that was it. Um, it came being married to Linda. Uh, but we, we used to enjoy Test playing games. Now, Test was last seen playing a game miserably. Uh, he, when he was feuding with Triple H, it, he was playing as, as, as himself versus Triple H on the Nintendo 64 and was losing. And we had to pretend that he was winning and he was ignoring Lin, uh, sorry, Steph to do this. So it became a long-running joke. And it basically, you know, like all good jokes, right? Of course, we moved on. We went logs and moved on to the other good stuff. And we've been saying all year how great Test has been. And we then obviously Test has had a great year. So what better time for the return? Of Test, the bad gamer joke returning. As Test is shown playing Project <laughs> Gotham Racing. <laughs> we can just redo all the crap material you had, but only for first-gen Xbox games. <laughs> Mate. And just wait, Tom, Tom, Tom. The segment is that that would be enough by itself, but no, no, no. This is a very special episode of SmackDown because the ratings up. 
Stacey Keebler comes in and sees Tess playing the Xbox and immediately wants to shag him senseless. <laughs> Tess looks at himself in the mirror with his United States title while pointing out he's hot and goes, yeah, she's right. Goddamn, what are they putting on these Xboxes? <laughs> Long term storytelling. Yep. In 1999, he was playing the N64 yep. and not doing very well. No. In 2001, he's on the Xbox and he's hot to fucking trot. Yeah. I was, do you know when, sometimes I genuinely think there is somebody, there is a time traveler that listens to the classic Smackdown review <laughs> who works for WWE or did and puts these things in place. That's what he's using his time machine for. That's, I think, I just, I just, because he was such a figure of fun playing games. And it's almost like because we really like him, they're like, no, we need to get him back. Let's get him back to where he is. He's an agent of chaos. That's I could stop, I could go back in history and stop a few wars. Nah. <laughs> I'll test playing an Xbox. Get back to this. Stacy, I'm not very good on Grab by the Ghoulies. <laughs> Stacy, I've been playing Project Gotham Racing and I haven't seen Batman. Yet. I was about to do that exact fucking bit. <laughs> Dead or Alive 3? Well, I've been both, depending on how mad Triple H is that day. <laughs> Stacy, I'm playing Halo and I thought it was a cooking show. I thought it was a cooking game. Why do you think that, dickhead? Well, because the main character is the Master Chef. <laughs> Stacy, Tom's jokes are called an Arctic Thunder. <laughs> Stacy, why is the first Xbox controller so shit? Stacy, can you bring me some more steroids so I can be big enough to hold the Xbox pad? <laughs> They were fucking disgusting, weren't they? Those first Xbox pads. Fucking disgusting. Stacey. Stacey, can you bring me a LAN cable so I can face somebody on Outrun? <laughs> no, not being the police. <laughs> That's not funny. I'm cool now. <laughs> I'm in pain from laughing so hard in a game just called Shrek. <laughs> Is that a game or a DVD? I don't understand. Stacy, why are the people who make Grand Theft Auto making a table tennis game? <laughs> what was up with that? What's the matter with them? Fucking weirdos. It's so weird. Stacy, I'm not very good on SSS Tricky. It's not as good as 1080 Snowboard. <laughs> Stacy, oh. I'm trying to play as Ricky Winterbourne on SSX Tricky. <laughs> Ricky Winterbourne. <laughs> uh, more for any more. I think we'll move on. Stacy. Well, more on that to come, I guess. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Then Rock and Jericho talk with Chris saying, why would you think I would hit you? Do you think I'm a punk ass? And then Rock says, bitch. Both are censored. <laughs> so I think you think I'm a punk. But Jericho wants to show the Rock's millions, hey, millions of fans. Although if Black Adam's lies or anything to go on, Rock would say it was billions. <laughs> Jericho says he's a team player. Rock does a knock-knock joke. Knock-knock, who is it? The Rock. The Rock who? The Rock, who's going to lead the team at Survivor Series and whoop your candy ass. Ooh, okay. But that's Sunday, so we'll stay on the same page until then. Are you cool with that? They shake hands, but then Jericho does a cool handshake to show he's down with the clown, to quote him. He's an ICP fan. Jericho says... Yeah, I'm cool. I'm the Fonz. Rock's like, okay. But then Jericho tries to walk away. So Rock says, hey, I want to do my cool handshake. <laughs> we then see the craziest goddamn handshake I've ever seen in my life. Rock makes Jericho's hand go up in the air while he makes a quack noise. Quack, 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 quack. That's how it goes. Quack, 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 quack. And then shoots it with his finger gun. Bang! Before taking a drink, Glug, and then blowing the smoke away from his finger gun. Jesus. I think Rock was tired. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you're a bit sleepy and things are funnier than they are. Yeah. I think he's a bit tired. A knock, knock joke. <laughs> just weird. Quack, 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 bang. Look, I was yeah. not expecting the quack, quack thing and I, and I hit the floor laughing. I was not expecting Rock to go quack, 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 quack. This was too fast and too furious for me. <laughs> then in more satellite feed news, Taz asks Cole... What the hell a Crash Bandicoot Wrath of Cortex is? No way! Cole says, I don't know. <laughs> and he just goes, okay. Uh, and then he just pretends to read out. What's like, a Crash a Bandicoot Wrath of Cortex? What is, what is that? Cole's going to be for us test. And the crush of the week is Kurt, losing the US title to Edge because of Kane's pyro scaring him. <laughs> Edge heads out as the new United States champion. As Taz assures us, he has picked up Rob Zombie's newest album this morning. Of course you have. <laughs> Edge is teaming up with the, what? The WF Tag Team Champions, the Hardys. Mm. Wait, really? That happened on Raw? Uh, so apparently it's the Dudleys versus Hardys and a steel cage match at Survivor Series to unite the titles. Oh, I was not enthused by this news as a kid. Uh, it all makes sense at the end, though, like Evil Angle or Cody losing at WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Duds head out with Test, as Cole points out that whoever has a title at the end of Survivor Series has job security, regardless of which company wins. Oh, thank you for pointing that out, because uh, no one else had pointed out. They then yet. do the sponsorship for Crash Bandicoot Wrath of Cortex. Just does he do a good job would, of it? They just great. I wouldn't have known he didn't know what it was. Yeah. So, top marks for the professionalism. Well, Taz doesn't know what, what's going on in life, so it's all right. Here's a little tip for Test, who's listen, if, if you're in the time traveling machine, you're listening backstage playing your Xbox. On the Xbox version of Crash Bandicoot Wrath of Cortex, uh, you can, there's a cheat where you can beat the game in full 100%. Start a new game, and when you type in your name, type in Wombat, and you get 100%. Crash Bandicoot, Wrath of Cortex, immediately. You'd think there'd be a more complicated You'd have thought password so. than You'd have that. Thought so, wouldn't you? It seems like something some kid might accidentally do. Yeah. 
It's true. Try it, test. All the, all the kids call Wombat going, oh, I thought it was just good. <laughs> Wombat McGrady is the record holder for <laughs> fastest time completing <laughs> Crash Bandicoot Rathacourt. <laughs> Hello, you absolute legends. <laughs> so one of the, uh, that was a horrible impression, sorry. Uh, well, the only fun fact to know about Wrath of Cortex and the fact that it's rubbish was the first releases for the PS2 were, I'm not sure if there were many ones like this, but every other game released for that console came out as DVDs or DVDRs, whatever, whatever the format would be. That, the first one of that for the PS2 was a CD, CDR. Ooh. So the loading times were disgusting, apparently. Oh, They changed it for the platinum re-release. Thank God. Mm. Bloody hell, that seems a bit of... Just, did no one get the memo? Oh, someone got they fired for that blunder. Yeah, it's a, it's a PS2. It could, it could do DVDs. Why are you still using CD? Oh, sorry. It was, uh, it was originally going to be uh, a more of a free-roaming game as well, like a bit more sandboxy. But they ended up just taking it back to sort of old-school Crash Bandicoot style, and they waited until Crash Twin Sanity to give us the free-roaming hmm. Crash Bandicoot experience. Yeah. For better or worse. Worst of both worlds there. <laughs> just play the originals so Test and Edge will be going at it to unite the United States and IC titles uh, both men have been trading the last few weeks anyway Taz tries to stress how his job could be over he could be jobless but I'm distracted by how damn cloudy it is in the ring for some reason it is really really foggy it's the fireworks from, yeah. from the Dud's entrance but the issue usually doesn't happen but something's happened where like they've not opened a, a, a they've not opened a hatch or something yeah. and, they've, and the fog can't escape <laughs> Gorillas in the mist in the ring. Uh, anyway, the Hardys put on their high beams and deliver a multi-man suplex in the duds with Edge's help. Yeah, Edge loved helping Matt. Cough. <laughs> Devon has to get a cheap shot on Tess in order for him to get the advantage. So the duds work over Jeff for a while. We get another edit, I think just for time, as Bubba gives Jeff two neck breakers. But we see just one on TV. Nothing wrong with either. I think it was less like, all right, all right, wrap it up, lads. But if you do do t two neck breakers, do you fix the neck? Oh, does one undo the other? I always thought that. Uh, Edge gets a hot... Like in cartoons where someone gets hit in the eyes, like a blind person gets hit in the eyes, yeah. and they go, I can see! And they get hit exactly the same way again. They go, oh, well, easy come, easy yeah, come. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Edge gets a hot tag and cleans house, as Cole points out the Duds have 14 tag title reigns across the WF and ECW. Mate, that could have been just this year alone. <laughs> it doesn't seem uh, like it. Devon nearly collides with Stacy, but walks in the Edge's spear for the match to end. So Test kicks Edge's face off afterwards. For that feel-good moment. <laughs> Stacey jumps off the apron after Lita pushed her and she lands in Matt's arms. With Lita doing the, Matt, I can't believe you, reaction. Because everyone's dumb in this feud. Matt drops Stacey like a bad habit and he's like, whoa, whoa, it's not what you think. Lita pushed her. Is and it... then the, they followed up with the Dudley's 3 ding Lita, which you think would be a bigger deal, but it isn't really at this point. No, it's not because it's happened many times yeah, before. Lita is a fucking idiot here. Like literally pushing Stacey off the apron and she happens to land on Matt who's behind her. Matt drops her immediately and Lita's cross. It's the equivalent of your partner coming home, putting a beer in your hand, going, I can't believe you're drinking. Mm. <laughs> Put yeah. that in my hand. Yeah, uh, they're both dumb. They both deserve they're each all other. Idiots. They are like the heart. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> they're all alligators. <laughs> A satellite feed shows us a commercial for Survivor Series pay-per-view with all the emphasis on Vince and Shane. Yeah, that's what the kids want to see. Mm. It's between that and the last season of Roswell, which moved <laughs> to UPN because Warner Brothers didn't want it anymore. <laughs> UPN is fucked. Backstage, Matt cuddles Lita and tells her everything's going to be okay as Matt pulls a weird face as he hugs her. No idea what he's going for there because Matt can't act to save his dog's life. Even the commentators Oof. didn't know. I type that. That's a bit mean, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, sorry. 
Paul Mahoney lost his dog. It was Jeff's, wasn't it? Was yeah, Jeff, but... It's very forced, very forced. I like Matt acting here. Um, I think he was meant, I, even the commentators went, what's up with him? I think he was meant to be angry at the Dudleys. <laughs> I think. It gave me vibes of broken Matt. Early, yeah. early vibes of broken Matt. But I think he was meant to be cross. Like, but it, it, weirdly, because the way he moved his eyes, it almost came across a bit like he was rolling his eyes. Like he was annoyed with Lisa yeah. getting a 3D. <laughs> For fuck's sake. It's so ambiguous. It's just really ambiguous. I don't know whether Matt meant it that way. <laughs> Matt, bless you, mate. You, oh, Matt. Give a bit more time. You'll, you'll be get there. Better. You'll be there. Hey, here's DDP. Oh, wait. No, silly me. It's Big Show dressed as him. <laughs> Come on, we've got Canyon on the roster doing nothing. That's his entire shtick. Well, Canyon's injured. Canyon's out for six months. We haven't got Canyon. He's out <laughs> for six months. That's what we've got Big Show. Big Show has giant white teeth like dominoes. Show does the, I like you, you like me. Me losing my job is a good thing. Because all of you won't have to hear me ever again. I'll look at my fake teeth or plastic smile. <laughs> DDP comes out and he's still smiling. Oh, I can see the sense of humor in this. It's all right. Until he punches Big Show, which has no effect. And then Big Show chokes arms DDP in a match? Wait, the, the, the bell rang. Okay. Yeah, that was a match. Uh, then Shane Man runs in to land his flying chair shot on the Big Show in the feud that will never die. Then Shane heads out through the crowd like Booker T. Yeah. Heaven forbid DDP looks strong. Um, Shane McMahon must, must look strong. Yes, and to hell with DDP. The Sisyphus had it easier than him. <laughs> the Observer this week says there was a lot of talk about Diamond Dallas Page's future in the company being in danger. But he had a good enough performance with Edge on Sunday Night Heat that he got a stay of execution. <laughs> good match Fuck. on Heat. Good match on Heat. Fuck. He's so good. And it's just like... Yeah. I, they, there were so many great hands they were handed. And, they, and Foley's right. Like, it's almost like they, they were told you can't wrestle because you haven't been here. Yeah. And Hardcore Holly deserves a shot before you, DDP. Get to the back of the line. Fuck yeah. off, Holly. Main event, Hardcore Holly. Fucking hell. Oh, it just makes me, it just annoys me. It annoys me. Yeah. Big Show just trousers him. See you at the pay-per-view later. Yeah. Or see you later on, rather. Yeah, mm. not pay-per-view. Yeah, be handing out towels. Uh, backstage, Steph watches Raw while smiling. Heyman says, hey, did you see your brother do something cool? And Steph goes, no, I'm watching the Alliance's debut. Wasn't it so great when Vince looked mad and I walked past him? Heyman looks frustrated and says, you want to see good footage of Vince looking mad? Watch this. And Heyman heads out the ring as uh, Steph goes back to watching the TV that Heyman has switched off. <laughs> as we then move on, I guess. Was it like an AI glitch? Yeah, it was just like, <laughs> I guess I just keep watching hey, TV. Uh, <laughs> cut, cut the next bit. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Yeah. On the satellite feed, we get an Undertaker My Sacrifice Creed video. These were really cool before they were parody. Mm. They are cool after 20 years of ignoring them. And then Paul Heyman heads out for what I put that one promo with Cole explaining how much he hates Heyman, how slimy he is, and what a dick he is. And I have the full transcript here, which is on genius.com of all places, along with the additional stuff from the satellite feed. All right. In just a few moments, at my leisure, I'm going to call Vince McMahon out to this ring in front of his public on a TV show that's owned by his grand company. At least, that is, until this Sunday at Survivor Series. I know how much you people appreciate what Steph and Shane and I have done. How Shane and Steph and I have stood up to the tyranny of Vince McMahon. And the way it is, ladies and gentlemen, is quite simple. The WWF will die this Sunday. Well, maybe in a few months' time, I guess. <laughs> but don't blame me for that. It's not my fault. 
It's not like Feed then has the bit here, but which, which is cut out, which got power, so I'm talking. I'm not the one who raises my leg and pees on the memory of Bruno Samaritino. I'm not the one who desecrates the memory of superstar Billy Graham. And we go back to the TV feed. I'm not the one who ruined everything that was accomplished by Stone Cold Steve Austin. You see, at Survivor Series, it means so much more than just the personalities that are involved. It's about ending what Vince McMahon has tried to accomplish. I sat there at the desk on Monday, and I listened to Mick Foley. Oh, okay. And I agreed with everything Mick Foley had to say, that the WWF truly does suck. Don't boo me. Have you watched the TV show lately? <laughs> Vince McMahon has lost his mind. The man doesn't have it anymore. He's a has-been. His ideas are antiquated. His concepts are draconian. And Mick Foley was right because the WF is imploding from within. Like every great empire, the WF is imploding from within. Vince's loyal employees like Stone Cold left him. Like Mick Foley wants nothing to do with him. Vince's own children wanted to burn in hell. And I don't blame him. Vince McMahon will see the WF die this Sunday at Survivor Series, and he has no hope to save his precious company. Vince McMahon has the same chances of saving the WF as he did of realizing his dream of starting a football league. Vince McMahon's music hits. See, I love this. Just, just we're jumping in dead quick here. This is all fantastic, by the way. Paul Heyman going, your show's shit, nothing. Your kids hate you, <laughs> nothing. XFL's not very good. Right, oh. fucking out! Don't you fucking! Somebody go get the ass kicked. It's proper, proper Cactus Jack in ECW. Yeah, yeah, WCW yeah, yeah. sucks. Right, fucking gonna have you. Yeah. That's the last straw. <laughs> I want you to know that I was down on my knees during the entrance because I know you're used to man kissing your ass, Vinny. <laughs> Every time you walk in the back, there's Patterson and Briscoe. Oh, what a great idea you had, Vince. You like man kissing your ass, don't you, Vince? Because that's what it's all about. A billionaire. The billionaire, Vince McMahon. The creator of sports entertainment. I've waited so long to see you face to face like this. And I've waited so long to tell you to your face that I hate your stinking guts. And it's not just me. It's your children that hate your stinking guts, Vince. And at Survivor Series, your children are going to do to you what I've waited my whole life to see someone do to you, Vince. You are, so help me God, the most disgusting, vile son of a bitch I've ever seen in my life. You took Hulk Hogan's blood and you built Titan Towers. You stole Bret Hart's alligator and with that money bought yourself an airplane with WWF all over it. Oh, well, Paul, of all the weeks I mentioned that. Uh. You did it. And you know it, you son of a bitch. You stole Shawn Michaels' smile, took your company public, and made yourself a billionaire. Not a self-made billionaire, like you like to tell everybody you are. Oh no, you see, you're a billionaire on other people's hard work. Well, yeah. Your father, your father, Vince McMahon, your father, went around the country and shook the hand. You know I'm telling the truth, don't you? You know in your heart I'm telling you the truth, that your father shook the hand of every promoter in this country that he'd never compete against them. And his son would never compete against them. And then your father died. died. You competed. And with your ruthless, merciless, take no prisoners attitude, you drove everybody out of business, didn't you, Vince? Heyman stopped to tell the crowd to stop applauding Vince. <gasps> you ran all the competition in the crowd, and you stole all their ideas, and you made yourself a billionaire out of it. And you know whose ideas you stole the most, Vince? You stole mine. See, I don't give a damn about... Don Owen and Sam Muchnick and Jim Crockett. I care about what you did to me and my family. How you stole my dreams, how you stole my legacy, how you stole everything about ECW represented. Because while Doink the Clown had green hair and a rubber nose, Stone Cold was drinking his first beer in ECW. Damn you. While Bobby Heenan and Gene Oakland were dancing around singing Tootie Fruity, ECW was producing the edgy TV that you named 
Attitude. Oh, we've got attitude. You've got nothing, man. What you've got is my ideas, and you stole my life, my money, my legacy. Those is hot at him. Screw you! Screw you and your family! I'll tell you something. Your own children hate your guts, and on Sunday, your children are gonna go get even with you for everything that you stole from me, for everything you stole from them. You flaunt your affairs in front of your wife. You flaunt your affairs in Playboy for your children to read. You bastard! Look at Taz! Look at Taz! This man was a killer. He was a machine. He was a wrestler, a great wrestler, a real man. But wrestling is a dirty word to you, isn't it, Vince? Your father built a wrestling company, and you, you had to have sports entertainment. <laughs> we have to have sports entertainment. Ha, 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 He was a wrestler. He was a great wrestler. He was a man. And now he's a fat, little, obnoxious color commentator, and not even a good one. He is a sports entertainer. He is not a wrestler because you made wrestling a dirty word. You made wrestling a dirty word, Vince. What kind of a man are you? What kind of a man takes wrestling and makes it sports entertainment? At Survivor Series, you're going down. You're going down, Vince. I promise you, you're going down. I'm going to watch it, and your children are going to lift their leg and stand over your grave, and we're going to laugh. And you know what else I'm going to do, Vince? I'm going to run your ass out of business. There's not a damn thing you can do about Then Taz applies the Taz mission to shut Heyman up. <sighs> Vince gets the microphone and says, this is only words of the segment Paul Heyman you are the epitome of the alliance because at the Survivor Series the alliance will choke Taz and Vince walk out sadly not together no I mean if you ignore the bit that hey Don't the Clown was in ECW for a bit and when Gene and Bobby were singing Tutti Frutti what ECW was around in 85 <laughs> yeah um there and I did some... like the crowd booing Heyman when he insulted Taz's commentary. Still, Heyman at his best, blaming everyone else for everything wrong in wrestling and taking no responsibility. You took my money! Vince's like, I gave you money. <laughs> I thought this was the best promo that we have covered this year. Mm. It felt cathartic for Paul Heyman. As much as the truth is fudged, yeah. this felt cathartic at points. And it was just the and the passion and the energy. No one does it like Paul Heyman. There will never be another Paul Heyman who can spin a spin a phrase, spin a paragraph, and make it feel new and different every time. Paul Heyman. There is no one that makes magic like Paul Heyman, and this is fantastic. It's the summary. A summarization of all that hate that a lot of people had. Obviously not people in the arena, but online and reading. I'm still following the, the product, mm. which obviously still persists to this day. I mean, it was happening when CM Punk did the pipe bomb. People were like, oh, I love, I like watching wrestling, but I hate the idea of WWE. Mm. But I'll still watch it because I like wrestling. And there is a sense of like, yeah, like I'm watching the WF right now because they got RVD and DDP and some other people. But it's just because that company or those companies, I should say, don't exist anymore. Yeah. And the XWF hasn't got a TV deal yet, so I'm still going to watch it. But I'm going to watch it whilst resenting it. So I'll him and come out and repeat a lot of what people were saying and thinking. Again, some great distortions there, got to say. But uh, why let the truth get in the way of a good ranter? Exactly. Yeah. And I thought he was brilliant. And in the satellite feed version, as the you know in between the breaks, Heyman is helped out by a WWF referee to the back as Heyman asks, "Did I win?" <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Do we hear any more from Taz or is this Taz? Uh, Taz leaves. So JR comes out to replace Taz on commentary, um, which then proceeds to segue into the Xbox Slam of the Week being RVD's crossbody off the WF Titantron onto Undertaker. But he then still needed Booker T to help because it's Undertaker. Wait, I thought Booker T beat RVD. Why does 
Well, whatever. Jar says Heyman has been drinking his own Kool-Aid for so long, he's become delusional. <laughs> I mean, if he's been drinking Kool-Aid for a while, he should be dead, JR. <laughs> it's like Sonny D in the 90s. Yes. You go orange. That's right. Speaking of which, Booker makes his entrance and Lumpy Grandad sneak attacks him. Wow, what a brave man. <laughs> Lumpy Grandad! Not a good week for Undertaker. Jim Ross started calling him Bugger Red. Maff started oh. calling him Lumpy Granddad. <laughs> Who sounds more ridiculous? Bugger Red. Undertaker sends Booker over the guardrail and puts Booker against it to get his weak ass shots in <laughs> the crowd. His to soup see bones, you mean? They're horrible. Booger Red soup bones. His Shut up. Soup bones. I've seen better arms than a snake. <laughs> They got to talk about. They got to talk about the best strike, and you see him do these punches. You're like, uh huh, right? Such bullshit. Undertaker batters Booker in the ring. <laughs> Booker in the ring as the match officially starts. He's like Scrappy Doo, leveling at him. <laughs> Undertaker says, "We're sending a message tonight." As he grabs a chair, Tim he White, picks up his phone. <laughs> Tim White tries to stop him, but Undertaker doesn't care, so he hits him like a cool dude. Booker then tries to use a chair, but Undertaker big boots him and chokes arms Booker. Cool undie! <laughs> Booger red. Booger red is... How about you booger off? Jesus Christ, mate! No spoilers. WS winning on Sunday. Why are you? Why are you barring him on the way out? Fuck off! I should. This should have been Undertaker getting fucking laid out ahead of Survivor Series. Getting fucking laid out. But heaven forfend Undertaker loses a fucking match to someone that isn't. <laughs> Fuck off, booger off. I hate Undertaker here. Yeah. I just hate him as just like this invincible fucking top trump. Oh, you have WCW written on your card? You immediately lose. Fuck off. Yeah. I'll sell to test. He's earned it yeah. by being in the same house I'm in. Fucking hell. Hmm. It's just in any other... Oh, it's just... In, he annoys me when he's like this. Because so many others are so given. And he, and he will be given in years to come. But he's, he's so fucking selfish. No one else can look good except me. Yep. Do we have the best? I wouldn't have minded this if they lost on Sunday. And this is Undertaker's like final final cry. Mm -hmm. But they win. They and he still does this. And they know they're winning because wrestling is predetermined. They know they're winning on Sunday. But they still go, oh, we're, we're finally defeating the Alliance on Sunday. So Undertaker, can you kick fuck out of one of the main wrestlers in the Alliance before Sunday? Yeah, fine. Makes perfect legitimate booking sense to really sell Jeopardy for Sunday. Yeah. Booger off. <sighs> Backstage, Ivory talks to Regal and he tells her to shut up, you silly moo. <laughs> <laughs> Regal insists there's going to be a new women's champion crowned at Survivor Series. Her and some other women and a surprise. Now bugger off. Regal hears a knock and says, what... What? What do you want, you silly tart? <laughs> but it's roving reporter Gregory Helms. Oh, it's a man. I must respect your opinion. Yes. Apologies. Asking about the Battle Royal for Immunity at Survivor Series 2001. Regal says it's a Mick Foley plan. His second choice was Looping Louie. 
<laughs> Sorry, Lupin and Louie was a not very popular board game, but I liked Lupin it. Lupin That's right. <laughs> Flying down the house again. Help says, hmm, I know a man who would be interested in that and jumps off camera while making the whoosh noise <laughs> as the camera oddly zooms in on the frame photo of the Queen. Crowd wasn't popping for such an obvious joke with Helms, the reporter, but they'd come around. It's a cool idea for an, I like it. For an exposition lad. Also, Ivory annoying people by her talking too much is 100% based on reality. She has a reputation as a motor mouth. Really? Yeah. Oh, nice. They lean into that. Seems very nice, but she wasn't. She's just, you know, she's probably talking now. <laughs> a satellite feed gives us JR asking someone about them. Uh, JR says he was talking when Undertaker was saying, it's time to send a message. So he says, can you make sure that shit is cleaned up? Oh, so JR says yeah. that? Yeah. That's nice. Uh, backstage, Steve Austin tells a serious looking angle. He's still mad from Raw. Angle isn't paying attention. Austin wants him to pay attention and look him in his eyes and tell him he goes back tonight. Austin says Angle changes his mind like the wind changes. And Angle's like, oh, you're the one Vince said is leaving. <laughs> Angle says Jericho ain't red, white, and blue cool. He's Canadian cool, eh? <laughs> Kurt Angle uh, says, they're going to pinky swear. I've got you back tonight. And Steve Austin declines like a bitch. Because I guess he didn't want to break the promise of a pinky promise. A good night for weird handshakes, then. It is a weird night for good handshakes. Did they get the wrong scripts this week? Do you think? I feel like I feel like just some, I feel like they let somebody new write. I think they let a twelve-year-old write some some of these things. And then Undertaker beats everyone up, and then The Rock does a duck, and then Kurt Angle does a pinky promise. Quack quack boog boog. Quack quack booga booga. Yeah. Um, from last week's SmackDown, a little bit from the Observer that I spotted. Uh, so last week we had Steve Austin giving Angle a stunner and having some beers. <laughs> Last week. This was Austin's idea. He said, I'll put The Undertaker over if you let me give Angle a stutter and do some beers at the end because I'm getting ready to be babyface again. Uh, Austin, at this point, is getting ready for a, for a, to become a good guy almost mm. immediately after the Alliance story ends. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of... He's putting these little pieces back in place bit by bit. You can sense, like, in his energy that he's becoming a bit more the old-school Steve Austin. Yeah. And that the was... The old uh, Stone Cold. The old yeah. Stone Cold! It's probably why Bugger Red was angry. Right. Backstage, Regal catches Tori combing her hair. Willie says he's going to batter Tajiri. No offence, love. Tori calls him a pompous ass. Regal says not only is Tajiri going to be out of work, but he won't be able to work after the thrashing he gives him tonight. But don't worry, Muck Duck. I'm sure I can find a position... For you, oh. crowd, who's that? You dirty old man. He's a filthy, like yeah. he's a, just a, just a detestable human in the last six minutes as Regal yeah. been. Good because he's like, yeah, he's supposed to be getting booed, I guess. At this yeah, point, that's uh, true. He hasn't got Foley to bounce off. Ugh. <laughs> Satellite feed gives us a promo for WF New York. By mm. promo, I mean they go, hey, look, this exists. <laughs> Buy some Jimmy Hart salad. <laughs> <laughs> he gets he gets a dime every time someone buys it. He needs a XWF. Buy some booger red peppers. <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> buy some alleg buy some alligator mm. burgers. Some Naduja smell what the rock is cooking. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> a bad <laughs> <laughs> Regal with his demo theme teams up. Why is Tom laughing? With Ivory against Tori and Dejiri. As JR pointed out two weeks ago, hey, their, word, their words, their names start with the same letter. Yeah, don't JR. Fuck it. I, I, they can't get over the fact, hey, these two are very different. It must be because they both start with T. Hey, so does Regal. Ivory and Tori start off <laughs> as crowd chats for puppies. 
Their action doesn't change their thoughts, and why would it? It's bloody awful. Torian Wisey does a handspring elbow and crowd pops, but I think they might just be bored. Shader Muta. Regal and... <laughs> Regal and Dajiri tag in and thankfully save this with the best of Dajiri. Dajiri Grimace, Ivory, so Regal double underhook suplexes Tori before applying the Regal stretch as Dajiri can only watch, I guess. A lot of men on women violence tonight, huh? Ooh, lot of that. Yeah. We are recap of events leading up to the pay-per-view set to Puddle of Mud's Control, which is a really big hit at this time. Mm. Look at the ref paying the big bucks. I love the way you look at me. Lovely I'm use of Puddle you of Mud. my ass. All the dirty things you do. It's just Vince going, yes, sir. <laughs> this, this sounds like a good Thursday night. Yeah. But yeah, the Zero Regal match was fine for what it was, so let's move on. JR on the satellite feed gives us a lovely to-the-camera bit about if this is his last broadcast and he wants to thank the audience and viewers for being with him considering all the things they've gone through and the memories they've shared and it was so well done I had to check if JR was leaving or something during this time because mm-hmm. I forgot about the stipulation about the bloody alliance mm. like, or the ref winning I'm like is JR fucking leaving for a bit or something <laughs> I'm like oh right no the, right the Survivor Series it was so like JR is when he's being sincere and honest and genuine is like at this point no one can do it better he's so very I'm going like, like, thank you all you all being with me I'm like oh fuck Mm. He's, he's always sincere yeah like thank you for being here I don't, I'm proud it. of my company why are they fucking diving <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah right. I'm not sincere weird that they didn't make the TV show but oh well mm. Howard Finkel then says thanks for employing oh sorry so Howard Vin- Finkel backstage yeah, that's it sees Vince he says oh Vince thank you for employing me for 20 years and if this is the end I just want to thank you for everything and he tearfully hugs him he's the real life porker Lewis <laughs> However, Vincent Man insults him back. He says, Oh, I remember when you had hair and you were in better shape. He says, uh, Yes, thanks. Uh, don't ever hug me again. How dare you think we're not winning? Good old Vince. Vince, who even in the, in the final moments, potentially the WF, still takes time to take the piss out of the thing. Like, thanks for being a loyal employee. We're going to trash your car and just rib you on every opportunity we get because bullying is love. Hello, my friend. We're me. Get fucked. Get. <laughs> Tonight's main event: A and A team up against Jericho and Rock. Well, Jericho needs it. With Austin, unlike last week, eager to charge the ring rather than trick angle. Austin is up for a fight tonight. Mm. So, of course, the story is: Can either of these teams coexist for a bit? Rock and Austin both attempt their finishes early as JR compares the rivalry to Ali Frazier. Fair enough. Right. But Fraser, what's he done? <laughs> uh, we get a cut as Austin does the middle finger attack on the map, but takes the time to flip off Jericho. I can see why they would cut that out. Cole says the pay-per-view is not available on DirecTV, but it is on WF.com. They did that again. It didn't yeah. work the first time. Yeah, I think, they've, I think they've put some extra wires in now. Yeah, we'd rather have your money and refund it than give DirecTV anything. They've changed, the, they've changed the satellite dish direction. They've put it on a higher built roof. <laughs> They put, some, they put some tinfoil around the top so it should, should project better. We had JR hit it with his lugs. <laughs> Come on, damn it. <laughs> They've moved the AOL dial-up modem closer to the window. We'll only have one tab open. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't, yeah, don't load... <laughs> They've been told they've been told not to load Winamp while the show is in progress. Just tell JR not to answer the phone. <laughs> uh, anyway, Rock Austin is amazing as always. 
angle Jericho tag in with Kurt shaking off Jericho's top rope drop kick the kitchen sink him and allow Austin to wear Jericho out Jericho elbow strikes Austin while Steve is distracted flipping off the WF official well it is El Hebner it is Survivor Series time so yeah fair enough point mate there's little cuts here and there on the satellite feed, but I think it's just for time. It's very slick, though, so you don't notice. Mm. Jericho tries the walls. Austin tries to clothesline him. Jericho ducks and sends Austin on his ass with a springboard dropkick, so Angle German suplexes him. That was a very nice sequence. Mm. Jericho gets spine-busted, and Angle and Austin take in turns putting out his Canadian fire. This bit goes on for 10 more minutes than the aired version. Not much is missed in terms of story, because it's all Jericho getting his Canadian head kicked in, but I was fascinated that they managed to kick cut that, that much off this and it still was a wonderful little match yeah Austin gets confused and tries to tag in The Rock ha 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 and finally The Rock beats up everyone Austin gets locked in the sharpshooter Angle saves him and locks in the Angle lock Jericho interrupts and gets a belly to belly on the outside for his troubles Angle and Austin think ah sod the match and get ready to pilmanize The Rock Undertaker goes hey that's my bit and he chokeslams Austin Angle is saved by Booker T, who interrupts and helps Angle slam Undertaker. Jericho gives the lion salt to Booker T, so then RVD gives the five star to Jericho, so Kane chokes Sam's RVD, so Shane McMahon flying chair shots Kane, and Big Fat Show punches the chair out of Shane's hands. So Kurt Angle effortlessly Angle slams the show. So Rock Rock Bottoms Angle, and then Rock takes the stunner with the extra flip extra dip and Austin is the only man standing so Vince comes out the smirk and Austin smirks back is he going to defect no it's Angle uh, lovely match with a crazy exciting ending there that is what is widely considered as the best Smackdown ending ever uh, I, I know no, no, I know we as fans we've seen different ones but the reason I say that is because if you look up online that ending sequence has been shared on Facebook Instagram Twitter TikTok YouTube over 15 million times Ooh. just because because it's the big heavy hitters yeah. just spamming their finishers for about two minutes and in a moment in time you I get it shared on my timeline loads and people are like the glory days of wrestling the best the best Smackdown ending ever best mm. WWE ending ever back when wrestling was good and all that and it's this sequence from this show and and I, I hope you've seen it and you and and that's where the memory came from because you'll know from listening to this podcast it's absolutely not the glory days of wrestling at this point the yeah, company so is on its ass yeah those wrestlers oh they were great oh, good. yeah but this this time is not a nostalgia ain't what it used to be yeah but this match certainly was what it yes, used to be. Yes, but this was a phenomenal ending to SmackDown. There's a there's a lovely little bit in in amongst all of this that that everybody always points out, and it's a bit of ring generalmanship from Booger Red. We'll give him oh. his credit here. So we've had Shane flying with the chair, and the chair get punched into the face, and then Angle goes to Angle Slam Big Show, but you can see the chair is right in the line of fire and you just see Undertaker stick out his leg and go whoop and just oh, kick the chair away that, just to get just to get the chair away so nobody gets hurt off the chair so That's nice. as much as he is a piece of shit that was a good bit of ring gentlemanship from the Undertaker at this point it's a great it's a white hot ending That's as close to Undertaker gets to Jackie Chan the close to Undertaker comes to looking after somebody from the Alliance yeah a really hot match an angle to send us into Survivor Series yeah. which I don't think has the hottest angle going when it's is Austin going to defect uh, to red herring us but it's like look it's a means to an end and hopefully we'll get a, a lovely happier uh -huh. time oh but satellite feed after this gives us everyone recovering and heading to the back um, just leave, coming up leaving oh, yeah. to their, what do we get? leaving everyone gets up and like leaves with their, their theme music I guess so they know when it's their time to go um, 
And it turns out, though, they, they redid the Matt Hardy lead a bit, as I guess they sucked the first time. Oh. But I watched them back. The redo is worse. Oh, shit. You still don't know what he's trying to convey other than come. <laughs> oh, my God. And it was funny God. that you got that, because it's obviously Come. on the... I record this now, and obviously you can just stick it in at the end there and blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, it was fascinating that they oh, wow. did that, and obviously he was left in. Um, yes, I like feeds are very interesting. Uh, but I was interested in this episode of SmackDown. I thought there was a lot of good stuff here. Uh, yeah, the SmackDowns are being pretty fun, lead up to a miserable bit of business for WWE. It is the, uh, yeah, it is, this is the last SmackDown that we will talk about the Alliance. Yeah, that's it. This is the end of this is the end of the invasion story. But Tom, if only if they had some really big ex WCW name to show up. <laughs> hell, but whatever, you'll see. You'll oh, see. you will but certainly see. Until then, what, what did was... you? Oh yeah, gone. Oh, I want to do your job. You do, you do, yeah, you do my. I want to be Tom. You didn't, you be me. Matthew's dead. Yay. <laughs> uh, what was something that you remembered from the show? Uh, I remember the the ending. Yeah. That 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 fire as fuck ending with everybody spamming triangle. And, and everybody landing their finishes and everybody having a good time. Uh, it's a brilliant bit of business. And, and as, as shite on the whole uh, as the invasion story has been, like this is the, a really strong way to go into that final pay-per-view with just all of this wildness. What was something that you remembered? Paul Heyman's promo. Ah. The talk of a power slam for a bit, like, ooh. Just, it was an amazing bit of business. I nearly said that, but I thought you'll probably say that. So. Yeah. Oh, we know, each other, we know each other so well. Incredibly cathartic promo experience by Paul Heyman. Yeah. What was uh, something you forgot? A test play in the Xbox yeah, for a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're back. We're back. Oh, I forgot that we rolled back the years and test came out playing the Xbox. I love that. Uh, I, I, actually forgot, I actually forgot Big Show dressing up as Diamond Dallas Page. Well, I don't blame you if you blinked. Easy to forget that. So. What about you? Uh... The existence of and Taz hyping Crash Bandicoot Wrath of Cordis. <laughs> I borrowed it from a friend thinking, come on, I know it's like a glory day, it's not gonna be the ten out of ten Crash Bandicoot, but surely I'll take a seven out of ten Crash Bandicoot. Wasn't even that. <laughs> Wasn't even a fucking three out of ten. It was just this poorly made bloody flash game version of Crash Bandicoot. Bloody hell. I do not recommend recommend her recommend and I don't think Tess should be playing him no get off the Xbox you naughty boy Project Gotham boy uh, on the channel next week we actually talk about this because there's a video that will be appearing on the YouTube channel early next week called The Truth About the Best Smackdown Ending Ever Ooh. and we do a deep dive into it so a nice little cross-pollination oh, of the classic that, Smackdown review yeah. on the YouTube channel which you love to see so that's to look forward to next week what is this a crossover episode it feels like it uh, what, are, what are you working on Butchermania yeah, yeah, yeah the, the, the nine and a half thousand hours of wrestling having this week so yeah again that fine and done it's all gonna be grand and wonderful it's been and a big old busy old week of the wrestling isn't it certainly <laughs> is but it'll be getting this out the way and then like i've actually booked uh, some time to relax and chill and not do anything oh nice uh like so, so just well yeah. next week no, it's not this. Not this week coming. It's the one afterwards. So. Oh, lovely. Okay. So I'm looking for. I'm looking at that. I should be focused on next week, I guess. But <laughs> no, no, you can't to do that when you're like, oh, there we go. Fuck all. <laughs> I, I'm excited for you. I know, Tom. It's a weird concept, not working. But what do you I, got for us? Uh, well, I booked Monday off. 
So I know what that one is. One day. I you pulled, are right. I pulled a whole Monday off. It's just because I know I'm getting old now. <laughs> and uh, and I'm now working like every weekend this summer. So I'm just trying to book random days off here and there just to allow my myself to recoup. So I've got Monday off. So I'm not in on the I'm not on the podcast or the YouTube channels on Monday. I'm back in on Tuesday. Uh, so enjoy this until then. He's at Matthew Gregg on Twitter. I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Don't forget to join us, you fucking alligators. Love you, bye. Let me talk to you. I'm now going to do a nine-hour podcast. Bye. Oh, you can watch back now. Hope you enjoyed Matthew being awake for this podcast. <laughs> See you later, alligator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. <laughs>